Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs. We enjoyed those. And now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, Golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Well, well. No time to chit-chat. Chit-chat. Uh, there is so much going on in the world of college football, a lot of it off the field, which uh, sometimes you just got to check those boxes and talk about it, so we'll do it. Uh, in our uh, headline segment coming up, uh, we will be joined in about 10 minutes, Braden Gall, a good friend of ours. He's the owner of 440 Sports. Uh, also, you can hear him on ESPN Radio. Uh, he's part of Athlon, et cetera, et cetera. So Braden Gall coming up. And then uh, Russ Mitchell, our Wednesday friend in hour two, he will be with us in the bottom of this hour again, coming up about 25 minutes from now. College football news, et cetera. You know him from, um, again, SiriusXM, Fox Sports, et cetera. He has been around for years and years doing this thing. So we talk to Russ every Wednesday during football season. But right now, I'm going to get you up to date. Everything you need to know about college football every single day. This is CFB 365. Headline, Jeremy Pruitt's attorney seeks October 29th settlement by Tennessee. That would be Michael Lyons of Dallas representing Jeremy Pruitt in a lawsuit. He's requesting $12.6 million saying that my client is due every dollar of his contract. Has set a deadline of October 29th. I believe that is next uh, Thursday. I believe. Is that right? Uh, Oh, next Friday. And if not reached with Tennessee, an agreement reached with Tennessee by next uh, Friday. There will be a lawsuit, which he has described, will 
caused damage to the university and the athletic department for years, if not decades. It's according to him. So he is going to go scorched earth on this. Headline. Clemson's Dabo Swinney says no interest in LSU football coaching opening. And that's true about that. Dabo Swinney, I have given you my opinion. He does not have an interest in the LSU opening because of a lot of reasons, none of which have to do with the quality of that program or the opportunity to win. Dabo is on the short list of coaches who can choose for other reasons, and he could choose another program just as high profile, if not more, than LSU. If he's going to switch jobs, it's supposed to be Alabama, and Alabama's not open, and there's no reason he can't stay at uh, LSU, I mean at uh, Clemson right now and, and let that entire scenario unfold. Uh, speaking of the LSU job, headline. Ed Ogeron to finish out season as head coach, quote, with our team. Says, this is our team. I want to finish out with it. I'm a Louisiana native. He went that whole thing. Says, um, I don't know what comes next. I'm open-minded. I need to t- take a year off. I want to spend some time with my kids. He says, however... Really not much has changed in the immediate. The focus right now is on Ole Miss. I'll tell you, Florida has its own issues to deal with. I mentioned yesterday, you threw four interceptions into an LSU secondary playing without Ricks or Stingley. uh, Folks, you only get like probably 11 or 12 possessions in a game. Four of them, you're like, yeah, here you go. So they have their own issues. I'll give Coach O credit. They came out and won that game against a talented, well-coached opponent. Well-coached most Saturdays. Uh, That was not a great performance for either side for Florida, but um, not this past Saturday. But his focus, and remember, the story we got afterwards was this was already reached on Friday that he knew going into the game. He's like, well, I'm getting paid anyway. But he had the team prepared enough to beat Florida. Speaking of Florida, headline. They're on a bye this week. UF coach Mullen not committing to starting QB versus Georgia. They play next Saturday in Jacksonville against undefeated number one Georgia. Emory Jones started last week against LSU. He did not finish the game against LSU. That was Anthony Richardson and... There was some setup from defense or, or however with a shorter field, but but not every time. Anthony Richardson led them on four straight scoring drives. So I don't know how Dan Mullen's going to do it. He's got to figure it out. Headline, ex-Washington State coach Nick Rolovich to sue over firing. State mandate, if you're a state employee, which Washington State is a public university, so if you're employed there, public employee, got to have a vaccine. Nick Rolovich said, I'm not getting it. Well, all right, you're fired. I'm going to sue because you don't like me. That's kind of what it is. He says the AD doesn't like me. And the reality is you got a state mandate, and he didn't follow it, so he and four other assistant coaches out. He says, I want to sue. I want my money. Um, I don't know what legal leg he has to stand on, but that'll be between him and his attorneys. All right, uh, consider yourself up to date. We break. Come back, talk Braden Gall next.
Watch the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. There's a very old school PR mentality. It's Old Testament. I mean, it goes way back. Always keep your bad news out of the papers. No matter what, keep your bad news private. Under the rug, sweep it wherever you got to. That's old school. You know what new school is in college football? NCAA sanctions cost a lot less than a buyout. And that is the competing interest in Knoxville right now. The the what like what LSU is doing with Ed Ogeron, in my opinion, will give you all sixteen point nine, but let's be friendly about this. Versus Tennessee, which back in December, I told you I was watching that press conference. The university president was saying, and here's all the dirtiest laundry in Knoxville. And I was like, ma'am, hush up. So I don't know what Jeremy Pruitt's attorney, I mean it can always get worse. Believe me. I learned that in Las Vegas. Um, it can always get worse. However, I'm not sure quite the size of the hammer that Jeremy Pruitt's attorney has because the university has already gone out of its way to to air some of its 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 biggest transgressions and let everybody know about it. And that was, I mean, 10 months ago. I want to welcome on now a guy who knows all about the SEC. We're going to start on Rocky Top. Owner of 440 Sports. You hear him on ESPN Radio yonder in Nashville, part of Athlon as well. It is Braden Gall. Braden, how are you? What's up, man? How are we doing? Been okay. Um, h- how much? Uh, how many more transgressions are there for Jeremy Pruitt and his attorney to air if Tennessee does not break him off for twelve and a half million? Um, I would. I would guess, and I've got to. You got to be careful here with sure. what you say. Um, I would guess that there's something there. Uh, I don't think this is the thing. Uh, lawyers who represented David Beatty at Kansas when they actually started that, like the new trend of agents manipulating and schools manipulating buyouts started with the David Beatty firing in Kansas over like some ridiculous, like level two violation. It was a total, it was a total sham, right? And he got David Beatty a, a settlement. Um, I, I would guess that, and, and yeah, I think you phrased it exactly right, because the reason Ed Orgeron and LSU, I mean, they, there's a lot of dirty laundry there and it's not of the NCAA violation variety. Um, oh, and that's, that's, no. that's a very, that's a very different problem. Um, it's one thing to say that kids are getting paid. I don't think you lose any like moral high ground in that sense. Right. You could lose scholarships or bowl bands or whatever, which is a problem for your program, but there, no one's going to judge, you know, no one's going to like the FBI is not going to come knocking on your door for covering up, you know, NCAA violations. There's a lot of incentive for LSU and coach Orgeron to keep it very, very quiet. Let's just leave it at that. Um, in, in Knoxville, I would assume he's got something, but probably not as much as he thinks he's got. So I, w- I would sort of probably say the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. It's probably not as clean cut as Tennessee wants it to be. But to your point, they've already said they- – they've kind of already shown their hand and said, look, we've got cause because of X, Y, and Z. Here's all the things we've got. Um, the NCAA has not even sent a-, a letter to the school yet. So that's what's scary about this is that all this could oh, yeah. play out before the NCAA even gets involved. Like, they're they're sort of, like, un, under – they're, like, going through it all right now. Like, it's still – the NCAA hasn't even sent a letter to the to University of Tennessee yet of allegations. So, um, it, it's – there's still a lot more to be, to be seen and heard here. I, I'm curious if I'm Jeremy Pruitt, though, 
like, do you want to work in college football again? That that would be my my question because it, if you're going to start threatening universities, it's not going to other administrations are not going to look too kindly on that. You know, you and I are of an age where it's almost funny that like an envelope of cash in an Escalade, it used to kind of get people's attention. Like that's the good scenario now, isn't it? A hundred percent, because I think what we've learned, I mean, there's just been an evolution. There's, there's, there's two tracks here, right? One, one thing we've learned and one thing we've changed on as a society is that, that this is a, you know, $200 billion business and we just don't care that the workforce gets paid because <laughs> we all sort of feel like, well, they probably should be, oh, they, they are doing all the work here. They, they probably should get a lot of, they probably should get some compensation. So I think we've come around on that. And so your garden variety recruiting violations, just, I don't think people care about it anymore. It, now, I think, that, you know, we as college football fans, we love the sort of the, the scandal element of our sport. I think it's baked into our fandom for a long time. You're a boxing fan. Exactly. To some degree, yeah. And yeah. I think that's that's sort of like we, we sort of are fans of the sport because of the dirty, of how it gets pretty dirty. I think where, where it loses people is when you're covering up sexual assault allegations. That, that's, that's, when you're, that's when you lose people. Penn State, Baylor, and it's not just LSU. It's not just – Jameis Winston in the Tallahassee. Oh, it's, North Car- it's, it's, it's a place like it's, North it's Carolina, everywhere. which is a sacred it's, it's, educational place, and they devalued every diploma that came off that campus for about 15 years. Well, and I that, – that, see, that's, a, that's like a whole other track, too. Like, even that, I think – like, I, I went to Tennessee. I knew what classes the athletes were in, and I didn't care. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't devalue my diploma because uh, maybe some athletes weren't taking tough classes. Like, I, I don't – that doesn't really bother me as much. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of non-athletes that were taking really dumb classes and just flying by with a 2.1 and graduating, right? Like there's 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 a lot of frat boys that are devaluing my diploma just as much as athletes. Oh, no, but I'm talking I, about I, like I, making up classes sure, of that course, didn't exist. Of course, of, of course. Yeah. I just mean. I, I, oh no, brother! I, I, I took mean, golf. I did. Right. I, I think there's. <laughs> I even think there's a difference between academic cheating and the health and safety of the people on your campus. Yeah. That, that yeah. is a different thing. And more of that has come to light as a society. More of that has come to light across the board. More of it's come to light in, in college sports. And it's not, as I mentioned, it's not just Art Riles and Joe Paterno and LSU and Les Miles, like Colorado, Oregon State, Ohio State, Florida. Like you can go down the list. Like it happens on every campus. And unless you are putting – the health and safety of the people on your campus ahead of winning and large amounts of money, which very few people do, it's the biggest problem in college football. It, the, the biggest problem in college football is the lack of transparency on how people on campuses are treated and what we do to keep players on the field. I think that's a very different that's a very different subject than oh somebody was getting two hundred two hundred clams in a, in, a, in, a, in a McDonald's bag. Wrapping up, Braden Gall. Get him on Twitter at Braden Gall. You know it's him. Got blue check. Um, let's stay in the SEC East. And um, I said I, I, I cannot explain, uh, not even to myself, how UF throws four interceptions into an LSU secondary without Ricks or Stingley. Um, and but they did. And and Dan Mullen. I mean, he's got an issue on his offense, and it's in part his own creation. Yeah, I think he's a slow player with the quarterback position, which I actually think is a, a good strategy generally. Um, maybe that's a little old school to your point about how you and I may be a little bit old school. I, I, I don't mind that he slow played Tim Tebow, that he slow played Anthony Richardson here. Some of it was the injury. He's clearly a more talented weapon. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley's learning this at Oklahoma, that he's got a more talented weapon on the bench, and maybe he didn't know it, and Caleb Williams. Yeah. 
I, you know, Emory Jones was the veteran. Emory Jones had earned the right to play. Emory Jones was the, the guy you thought was going to take care of the football and make the right plays and get the team into the right. And he almost beat Alabama because of it. But the, the rushing defense combined with the quarterback play last week, uh, maybe the LSU players are, are rallying around their guy they knew was getting fired because the. Probably, I'm assuming it had been swirling around the campus last week. It was before the game that the negotiations had started. For 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 Ellis for, mm-hmm. for Ed Orgeron's, it's not even a separation. Like he's staying an employee of the university, um, but he won't be the head coach anymore. So it's very that whole situation. You could see maybe the players rallying around that to some degree. Uh, the, the reason how they ran the football for over 300 yards, a team that couldn't run the football against one of the best rushing defenses in the league, is just beyond me. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, then Todd Grantham needs to go. There's no question about that. That probably was the case last year. Um, I, I'm curious how many guys want to come work for Dan Mullen. <laughs> That's a, he's not an easy guy to work for. And why has he held on to this guy for so long? I don't know. Um, can he recruit at a certain level? I still think he's one of the best offensive minds in all of college football. Anthony Richardson is going to be unlocked in his offense because he's the perfect player for Dan Mullen's offense. The question is, is Dan Mullen going to be around to coach him? I think he should be. Can he recruit and can he build up a defensive coaching staff that is worthy of Florida levels? That's the question. Braden, I appreciate you carving out some time, brother. Thank you so much. Yep. Always a pleasure, man. All right, Braden Gall. You know what? There, there is such a simplicity in certain aspects of football, and it's not a simple game anymore. I told you, I, I hate offense. If I still coach defense, I would need two concessions. Oh, just two. You get three formations – and no motion before the snap. If I could get those two concessions from offenses, then then fine. It, it would become easy again. Um, an aspect of offense is easy. That guy's better. Now, there's all kinds of context off of that of, well, the other guy has played more. He's been on campus longer, not from seniority, but experience-wise, I'm saying. I don't care about seniority. I really do. This is not high school. This isn't about whose turn it is. Um, you've been on campus longer. You've been in the program longer. You played for me longer, which means you have more experience, or you should if you've been paying attention. And so Emory has all that. And Emory showed so much about, and I'm being serious, folks, character, inside, et cetera, by waiting and waiting. And then there was an injury, and it still wasn't his turn, so he waited some more. And now it's his turn. It may not be his turn. Because that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. Playing quarterback in college, it's not about, well, it's your turn now. Especially in Power Five, let's keep climbing the ladder. Especially in Power Five, especially in that conference, especially in a place like Florida. So you, you started far and wide. There's a program at Sacramento State. They might be the Rams. They might not be, but they might be the Rams. Sacramento State. Hornets, I'm being told. Thank you, David. So Sacramento State, you know what? You're playing college football. Well, actually, I'm in FBS now, and actually I'm in Power 5, and I'm in the Southeastern Conference, and by golly, I'm in Gainesville, Florida. Playing quarterback there. It's not about turn. It's not about who waited, or it's, it's not a deli. Anthony Richardson is a better ball player. A lot better. Caleb Williams, better ball player. Especially for what you are asking your quarterbacks to do on Saturdays, not Sundays, on Saturdays. So, Hope, Lincoln Riley, Dan Mullen, and others, they make the easy decision. 
Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. It just means more. I always wonder in like the PR, like the final vote meetings, like you realize there was a preview. Somebody approved that? No, somebody pitched it. It just means more. Didn't you realize that was going to get mocked? I'll tell you, the SEC, it just costs more. It it costs more to have someone not coach your program anymore. Uh, It might cost Tennessee $12.6 million if they blink. Uh, despite how much dirty laundry they've aired themselves, they have an attorney go, I'll air some dirty, some more dirty laundry. Uh, whereas in Baton Rouge, Scott Wilber was looking around going, yo, Rocky Top, this is, e- this is easy. You just write a check. <laughs> Want to bring on now a guy we always love talking to. During football seasons, folks, it is Wednesday's bottom of hour one from College Football News, from Sirius XM, et cetera, et cetera, Heisman Voter, all that stuff, Russ Mitchell. Russ, brother, how are you today? I am kicking tires, lighting fires, baby. Let's talk Knoxville and uh, just outright threats of we may not win, but we'll embarrass you. Now, I will, I will, I will give the attorney <laughs> one point credit for being transparent. Um, tell me how you believe this unfolds. Uh, I think it is much ado about nothing, and it eventually disappears. But you know. Uh, First of all, what should have been an amazing – I mean, did, folks, what was – how many games was Tennessee supposed to win at the beginning of the season? What, what did Vegas have them at, like three? Oh, three and a half and or four. I'm, that should have been – like, when did y'all forget how to win or uh, how to behave? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm old enough to remember when you were winning national championships. Like, how did you forget how adults behave in social settings? Maybe it's the whole COVID thing. Maybe maybe people have forgotten how to behave when they get together in a social Russ, environment. R- 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 I said the, on Monday, I was like, the Pride of South Southland marching band had to run for COVID on their own turf like the cheerleaders on their own turf had to run for cover with with the signs over their head it was awful dude listen by the way it just means more uh that's the greatest ever (laughs) because because i don't care what anybody else outside of the south thinks it means it's they're speaking to us and it you know why? Because it does mean more. Which, which by the way, people. is a raging Southern attitude is, I don't yes. care what you think. Right. And you know what? Usually I make fun of that. But actually, I, I don't care what everybody else thinks because it does mean more down here. It does. that, But that's not always healthy. So it's important to recognize when you are being unhealthy, like when you choose to have that last drink, you know, you should at least have the mental acuity to be conscious that you are not behaving well. You see a story on Sunday morning about a gunfight in the front yard following a college football game broadcast. It was in Bessemer, not Syracuse. I promise you, it it it, yeah. it 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 was it was not in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Okay, it, it it's was in occasionally Fosco, in Florida. West Virginia. Yes, it's exactly. occasionally in West Virginia. <laughs> I listen. I, 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 at the end of the day, let's just divorce ourselves for one second from that 
ridiculousness. Very impressed with Tennessee. Very impressed with what they're building. Very disappointed to see Hooker get injured there at the end. Um, not because of the end of the game, but he's just really a beacon of light. Uh, I don't have confidence in Minton, and I, I like the way the Hooker's playing. But again, this is the problem with these teams in the SEC. And it, I don't mean Tennessee. I mean whatever team at whatever point in time doesn't have enough depth, right? So, like, and this is part of my concern about Georgia. You know, is they as good as they are and as much depth as they have in the front seven, they don't have the same kind of depth that Alabama has, and it's a long season, and we're only halfway through it. Tennessee definitely doesn't have the depth. All right, well, let's talk. Uh, it's way different details and different, you know, strategies to handle it, but uh, it's its own dysfunction in Baton Rouge. It was um, it was an ending that I think everyone agreed would happen. It was just, okay, we'll win. Um, well, we know that win is the Texas A&M game, I suppose. Um, tell me what you believe is going on in Baton Rouge, uh, like leading up to the Florida game and the discussions with Coach O that we know were, they were already completed. Um, and then, like, walk us through how you think the next six weeks goes for the program. Yeah, and, and we should save five seconds to talk about this game because it's a huge game. Um, Big and, and, by the way, even before – even before we start with that, I, I'm a little bit irritated with Kiffin uh, to try to downplay what happened in Tennessee. Am I going back to Tennessee? To try to downplay what happened with Tennessee and, you know, talking about passion this and passion that. I have passion. I don't throw batteries at my neighbor. No. All right? You know, that that is not passion. That's I mean, if you do that out in public, they arrest you, they put handcuffs on you, and they take you away. You can't do crap like that. You know, and if you're a fan of Tennessee, or if you're just a fan of the SEC and you have friends in Tennessee, you call them up and give them the crap they deserve right now, because that was embarrassing. Um, LSU is embarrassing, brother, but but it's just a different kind of embarrassing. And I think that every LSU person I spoke to for the last two weeks – was just, I think everybody, even Oldron, you know, everybody just seems to be happy that this is over. In the NFL, when we see the five or six or seven or eight openings, you know, come December, January, Russ, don't we always rank them? All right, well, who's got a quarterback? All right, well, the Chargers, so they'll be the most attractive job. It's always who's got a quarterback. I think in college, it is beyond just that one position. It's like, all right, who's got the roster? Who's got the facilities? Who's got the money? Who, LSU, they've got everything. I mean, there can't be yeah. a better – now, there can be an absence of dysfunction, but there can't be a better job just by description of what you're walking at roster, facilities, right. money, opportunity to really win, recruit. There, right. there can't be a better job than LSU coming open. No, and you left out the uh, you left out the athletic director, and they LSU might have the best athletic director in the conference. He ain't timid. No, so you know, and I mean, if you just look back at he got uh, Chris to go to to the Huskies when he was at Washington, and no one thought he would leave Boise. Um, you know, he's he got Jimbo to come down to A uh, and M. He's he's Woodward is fantastic. Uh, you know, I think that, of course, LSU plays in the SEC uh, West in particular, which is, uh, you know, a landmine. Um, but 
it's not like saving his, you know, a spring chicken anymore. And, and the bottom line is most of these guys, by the time you make it to the level that you're competing for the SEC, for the LSU coaching job, you think you are the you-know-what. You know, you think you can walk on water. Yep. So it's like, bring bring me Saban every year, you know. You're the guy who holds up the, that – you're the fan who holds up that ridiculous sign that says, we want Bama, right? <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. Um but it, it, LSU will get LSU will get a very very talented player. They've got everything that you need to win a national championship. I mean, they just won a national championship. Yeah. Last thing, and Georgia's off this week, and I know we look ahead, but um, I don't know if you want to say throughout seven weeks, or maybe just against Kentucky, or I keep asking, you know, anybody who I talk to is like, all right, do you see a crack? What is the opportunity against Georgia? What's the angle, the avenue? Yeah. I know. We've been talking about this since the beginning, and we picked them. I think you had them as your team, right, at the beginning oh, yeah, of the year, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, depth. That's my concern with Georgia, depth. So get it to November. Depth. Get it to December is the – Yeah, just be healthy. Be healthy when we get to the end of November. You know, be healthy when we get to the end of November. Keep focusing. Uh, you know, I listen to all these people saying uh, Georgia is the new Clemson, right, when we used to say mm-hmm. Clemsoning and all that sort of thing. Look, these kids. These kids were born in this century. <laughs> you know, they they barely remember life. Before, you know, they don't even remember mailboxes. You know, I mean, let alone payphones. You sound like they, a broken record. What's that? They they don't even. You know, they they're they're going to be fine. They're going to be just fine if they can stay healthy. So you know, and, and that's my greatest concern. Otherwise, there's not a team in America that can keep up with Georgia. Is Kirby a Sunday guy? No. God, I hope not. None of these guys are Sunday guys, dude. I mean, maybe, like, I I, I thought Urban Meyer might be able to be a Sunday guy because, you know, you got to have that mm-hmm. sort of personality. You yeah, definitely can't have a Nick, Nick Saban personality is not going to work. And, and, you know, Kirby's a little bit too – uh, I don't want to say micromanager. That's a little can, too can, hard. You know, but, you know. I look at Pete Carroll, and I know what he is. He's probably one of the two or three best defensive coaches on the earth, but he has that sort of California cool, that sort of open-collar yeah. thing going. He is an exception um, because I think like a 29-year-old, eight-year vet, he don't want you coming in yelling about his dedication and drive. I'll tell you who's a Sunday guy. I'll tell you who will end up coaching on Sundays for 15 years. Kiffin. You think? Kiffin's a Sunday. Yeah, Kiffin's a Sunday guy. He's still young, so, you know, he still does the silly thing with Twitter, and he's having a good time, and he's playing to his audience, which is largely 18-, 17-year-olds, sure. right? You know, I mean, that's who he's recruiting. Sure. He'll, you know, he'll continue to get older and mature, and, and he's got that California lifestyle or that California. He was raised to be an NFL coach by his dad, so I think that I think he will eventually graduate to the National Football League. Russ, appreciate you every week, man. Do it again in seven hey, days. One quick thing. Oh, yeah. uh, Ole, Miss abs- Ole Miss absolutely annihilates Louisiana State this weekend. Annihilates. Uh, it, it lost in the Florida game. LSU gave up, if not for four interceptions, yeah. LSU gave up 500 yards. Yeah. If Corral plays, if I guess this all boils down to if Corral plays, he's only thrown one interception all season. Yeah, we have a pretty reliable opinion, says he's playing and starting and the offense will roll and there ain't no, quote, ain't no way Lane's losing this game. 
I might have to think about giving my Heisman pick to uh, uh, Corral. Did you watch the Tennessee game? I know. Carries? I know. Do it. Thirty but carries. Thirty carries. He's tiny, man. He's tiny. Oh, he's, he's six no feet. No human being that size should carry a football. He, he doesn't need time. He doesn't need the cleats to be six feet, but he needs the socks. I think to be six feet. I mean, he is—he's not big. He comes out on the field and they play that Munchkin song from the what was um, it? Wizard of was Oz. Dorothy, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you need to get that little Munchkin song playing. So when he comes on, when you talk about him, you can play that in the background. I love the kid, but he's tiny. Follow him carries on Twitter at Russ Mitchell CFB. Talk to you next week, man. He just can't catch him. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Again, Russ Mitchell do it every Wednesday during the season. Um, you just can't. I, we had him at media day. And I already knew what his dimensions were anyway. Had him at media day, sat down, nice guy, and was wearing a suit. Looked all very business and buttoned up. And I'm like, I know what's under there. You got piercings and tats and all kinds of things. Um, and he's not very big at all. 30 carries, SEC field, steadfast refusal to slide. That's how you have your head coach going, yeah, he's in pretty bad shape now. I don't know. Dan, am I am I being cynical or am I being experienced here? When I hear a head coach and there is something going on with an injury, I, it's like Kirby, he's got injury information handcuffed in a briefcase to his wrist. All right? When you have a head coach say, yeah, my quarterback's in pretty bad shape, aren't you supposed to like have a critical eye towards that sort of transparency? transparency about an injury yeah sure i mean because then sometimes the game decision turns into oh hey look number two is out there on the field we knew he'd be there all along but also though too with lane you know for all of the things he says and does he seems to kind of have a point whenever he does things yeah. and there is brutal honesty whenever he I does just, so on this one i think i believe him the only time and i always got along with phil Fulmer, and i just only tell the story for this one reason i think it was oh five and I would be up in Knoxville on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, usually come home Thursday morning um, and then go to whatever game. And so that's when I would be in Knoxville, whatever school I was at. And so I would ask Coach Fulmer on Monday about injuries, ask him about Tuesday on injuries, Wednesday, by, by Wednesday, Chuck, when do we do injuries? Thursdays? What's today? Wednesday. I was like a school teacher. I was like, what's today? Wednesday. Well, yeah, but see, I'm going tomorrow. No, we'll get we'll do injuries on Thursday. I promise you. Um, so Tennessee used to give injuries on Thursday. Lane Kiffin and they wouldn't give any information, even if you were there on Thursday. Yeah, he might play. We're not sure yet. You know, we still got a couple. We're going to see him pregame. And so I just ask, and I wouldn't get any information, but I ask. Lane, when a head coach makes you not ask. And this is not the long snapper or the backup punter. This is Matt Corral, who could win a Heisman Trophy. Uh, my favorite, as always, and Gary Kubiak used to do this when I covered the Texans. He's got a knee. He's got a shoulder. He's got an elbow. It's like, we know he's got all those things. Yes. But what exactly does he have? I, I hope he has two, actually. But but are they working? When a coach is that forthcoming with the information, I'm wondering why. So we will take a break, wrap up on this Wednesday next.
to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Identify where our threats are and complacency, um, you know, good being the enemy of great is something that we talk about a lot and we don't, we don't want those things to affect us. So we're very open about it. We have conversation about it and talk, but outside of that, it, the, the, the ranking doesn't come up much. Kirby Smart, head coach of the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. I believe that when the college football playoff committee issues its initial rankings, is that next Dan, find that out. I believe it's the first week of November, but let me see. Oh, you know what? I think they pushed it back last year because of the stilted calendar, and then they may have left it back. It was usually the last week of October, I'm wanting to say, but they may have pushed it back into November as well. I can't recall that. Um, First one will be November 2nd. Yeah, so there you go. So they had pushed it back last year, and they decided to leave it there. That was the uh, the story there. So it'll come in basically two weeks from now, and that's when it will begin to matter a little bit. Uh, right now, the AP and the coaches poll, it's just a general, very generic feel of how some people with ballots and then some people who fill out ballots for folks who have ballots, how they feel in a very general, nonspecific way about rankings in college. It doesn't mean anything, and there's no weight applied to it. Even the, But the college football playoff rankings, at least those are the same people who will eventually be given the rankings that do matter. The beat reporter in Wichita, he don't matter. Just doesn't. So that's uh, Kirby Smart, though, talking about the ranking. There is there is a chance that, again, and I'm not even going to lie to you, I didn't watch it live. And if you did watch it live, you either are part of the fan base or you gambled. That's That's the only way. I watched Vanderbilt in South Carolina. Again, not live. Not even on my DVR. I realized that because I get sketchy about my DVR when I have like four things recording at the same time, even though they tell me, no, it can do 10. I'm like, nah, I don't want to stress it. So I knew that like SEC Network, they'll replay everything. And I was going to go back. And the, my I, last priority from the weekend was Vanderbilt and South Carolina. And so I watched that game Monday night. And it's about as bad a game as you're going to see in the entire 2021 season. It's neither team is very talented. South Carolina, obviously, more so. But neither team has a lot of just raw talent, one through 85. They don't really look like SEC teams uh, very deep. And there were so many mistakes. And in the fourth quarter, Luke Doty against a three-man rush, felt a little pressured and threw an interception. And then uh, a couple of possessions later, got the ball back, and he threw another interception. Now, the reason that it was just another possession later is because Vanderbilt doesn't value football. Um, Now, I didn't say Vanderbilt doesn't value the football. Vanderbilt doesn't value football. After the first interception, they ran a few plays, had a fumble of their own. South Carolina gets the ball back again. Doty throws another fourth-quarter interception in Vanderbilt territory. So Vanderbilt, I'll give them credit. They're up by three with about five minutes left. They drive down inside the South Carolina, about the 20, the 15-yard line. They kick a field goal. With a minute 40 left, minute 35 remaining, kick a field goal. Puts them up by six. The reason that there was a minute and 40 still on the clock is just, I will give South Carolina and that coaching staff and then also the players, especially Luke Doty, I'll give them credit. Because with about a minute 50 left, South Carolina had all three timeouts remaining. 
if South Carolina had one one snap where Luke Doty realized he was behind the guard or he was slow to get the play out or something where Luke Doty lost his mind and had to waste a timeout in the third quarter, if Shane Beamer had said, oh, I don't like the look, if before a punt or after a change of possession, despite everything South Carolina did not do, the Gamecocks had all three times. First half, I don't care if you call a timeout to scratch your foot. You do whatever you want with it. I don't care. Second half, no. Nuclear launch codes. Like underground at that place in Colorado. What is that, NORAD? Yeah. Second half timeouts, and South Carolina didn't do this and didn't do this and didn't do this and didn't do this, and they still had all three timeouts, and that is a huge reason why South Carolina won a conference game on Saturday. Worst game you'll see in in the SEC all year long, South Carolina, at least in one way, they did what they were supposed to. What up, Dan? It's not very often that we can compare ourselves to athletes or either coaches in major college football, but in this case, we finally can. I thought that there was a great point brought up about Jeremy Pruitt by Braden Gall about he's probably now with this lawsuit and threats of litigation pretty much ruined any opportunity he has to ever get back into college football if he wants to. The same goes with Nick Rolovich. You go after your AD because it's like a buddy of mine. We're talking about one of our other friends about him kind of airing out his former employer. And it's just like, man, you can't do that. You got to eat the turd sandwich. You got to have a smile on your face and you got to thank everybody for the opportunity and move on. How funny is it, Chuck? that with all of this in a man who has not been used to positive publicity and good press, Ed Ogeron might be the one out of all three of those guys that has the best chance to get back in. That can't be true. It is. Probably is. All right. Uh, wraps it up on a Wednesday, folks. Great job, David and Dan and everybody listening. Give yourselves a hand. We will be back in 22 hours with more college football conversation. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus